Watching my fellow Americans with your host, Spike Cohen. Yes! Yes, it's me! It's me! Keep clapping. Thanks so much for coming. Keep clapping. Clap for the almost end of Hanukkah Miracle. How would we know that you wanted the seventh night of Hanukkah Miracle? If you didn't keep clapping, welcome to my fellow Americans. I am literally Spike Cohen. Thank you so much for taking this break from your Hanukkah social distancing to tune into this show. We've got an amazing episode for you tonight. I cannot wait to get started. This is a Muddied Waters Media production. Check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Anchor, Twitter, Periscope, iTunes, Google Play, Float, Twitch, all the different podcasting apps, everywhere that we are, everywhere that you could possibly listen to or watch a thing. Check us out there. Uh, and be sure to share this right now, share this video. The last thing that I would want is for any of you or your loved ones to miss out on a roughly hour-long libertarian podcast on a Wednesday afternoon. Give the gift of Spike Cohen today. Kids love us. Be sure to like us follow us, subscribe, hit the bell. If you're on YouTube and you're subscribing, don't just subscribe, hit the bell. Because if you don't hit the bell, it won't blow your phone up with notifications every time we go live or or put something up. And you don't want that. You don't want to be asleep and and miss out on something we've uploaded. Be sure to hit the bell. Uh, This episode, of course, is brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the fastest-growing waffle-related caucus in not just the Libertarian Party, but in any political party in any country 
on this planet. This episode is also brought to you by Black Coffee, spelled B-L-V-C-K, because what the hell, nothing nothing matters anymore. It's 2020, folks. You can spell things however you want to. You can do whatever you want. Be, be sure to go to blvckblackbrews.com to get the most delicious cold-brewed organic coffee that has ever been horrifically misspelled. Be sure to use the checkout code MW for free shipping. And of course, this episode is brought to you by personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. If you are in the Tampa Bay area of Florida and you find yourself personally injured in a way that can be monetized, then I have some fantastic news for you, friend. Personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, would be more than happy to help you get money for the thing that happened to you. Be sure to go to chrisreynoldslaw.com and uh, get in touch with Chris today. Or, you know, he's a really good attorney. He might actually already be there waiting for you. He might be in your hospital room. You might want to turn the light on and see. He's probably there smiling over you, ready to tell you how much money he can get you. So thank you so much for that. The intro and outro music to every episode of My Fellow Americans comes from the amazing and talented Mr. Joe Davi. That's J-O-D-A-V-I. Check him out on Facebook. Go to his SoundCloud. Go to his Bandcamp. Go to joedavimusic.bandcamp.com. Buy his entire discography. It's like, I think, 25 bucks or something. Buy the whole thing. It is amazing. Thank you so much to Mr. Joe Davi. I'd like to thank Le Bleu, Purified Drinking Water, for this delicious, ultra-pure water. It is both kosher and made in America, just like me. Bulavanaka. Well, that really is good. Shout out to Tehran Turks' mom and him, as always. Folks, my guest tonight, that's, I'm actually looking forward to this. It's a pretty cool guest. My guest tonight is a uh, libertarian politician and activist. Uh, he has run for office, and he has helped also with multiple campaigns in Illinois, uh, including the Jackson Moheep uh, gubernatorial campaign back in 2018. Most recently, he has become the representative uh, or one of the representatives for New Illinois, which is a movement to separate the rest of Illinois from the Chicago Cook County area and form a completely new state called New Illinois. I'm so excited to talk about this. Ladies and gentlemen, my fellow Americans, please welcome to the show, Mr. Paul Durr. Paul, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. Most of us just talk about seceding from whatever major metro hellhole is destroying the rest of our respective states, but you're actually doing it. So thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. I want to wish everybody out there a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and to you a Happy Hanukkah for sure. Thank you. Um, be here for sure, and uh, definitely enjoy talking about this particular thing because it derives from one of the oldest rules, from one of the oldest books that the country has. Had. So we might as well use it and try to use it to our benefit for the benefit that it was designed for. Absolutely. Well, thank you for coming on. And folks, be sure to chime in with your questions and your thoughts in the comment and comments, and Paul and I will tell you if you are right or wrong. Now, Paul, before we get started, uh, or I guess as I, this is how we get started, before we get started with the thing we do after this, um, that was a weird way to say this. First of all, let's get started. Uh, you are, uh, this is your first time uh, being on my show. And uh, whenever I have a libertarian on my show for the first time, I, I start by asking, what is it that brought you to libertarianism and the libertarian party? Was it kind of an aha moment or more of a gradual evolution over time? Tell us, you know, everyone has their story. Tell us the Paul Durr story. Well, I mean, mine's pretty much like most everybody else's. I actually bounced around and started out as a Democrat when Democrats were a different kind of Democrat. And then whenever I started to feel the effects of the Democrat reign, more than I was, you know, 
should be at that point. So I switched over to the Republican Party at that point and spent a, quite a few years with them and still never really felt quite at home until one year in 2018 that uh, I met a man named Cass Jackson who was running for governor who spoke everything that I always had in my mind but is always silenced because that would be considered crazy talk or too extreme or eccentric in any kind of way. So my my some of my thoughts were literally being posted on a screen by a guy who's running for a governor so that that caught my attention and that which that's actually what drew me my interest into the libertarian party itself because he was running for the party so of course anything i look into i'm going to look into good and versus listening to anybody telling me what the libertarians were i looked into the platform and the policy agendas and that they have going for them and i was like yeah I agree with everything here, you know, coming from a, a a history of love for our Constitution, America, what it was supposed to be derived from and how built and in the complete freedoms of each individual person. Yeah, that platform really, really sunk home with me pretty good. That's cool. So it was actually Cash Jackson and uh, and Sanj Mohip who who brought you to. Uh, libertarianism, and then you doing more research found out, you know, confirmed that that this was what you agreed with. And then since then, you've done a you you ran for state rep, and you've been involved with other campaigns. So you really jumped in feet first to the to the party and the movement, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, because of the fact that there was a word that needed to be heard. And I knew a voice down here needed to be said. So I was trying to be as loud as I possibly could. That's cool. Well, that brings us to, to why you're here. So you are part of a, a, a movement uh, called New Illinois, that is, and and correct me if I'm wrong, your goal is to, it's not just the southern counties, it's all of the other, I think, 101 counties or 110 counties in Illinois to secede from Chicago and become an entirely new state, New Illinois, is that correct? Well, the, the goal is to achieve 101 counties to break away from our total of 102 counties, Cook County presiding over most of the one county. Right. And that's is our problem and that's it turns into you know getting to the history i'm sure which a lot of the questions that you're going to have coming up will cover as to why we would want to do something like this when the majority of the population would say well don't you get all your money from chicago doesn't it bleed down doesn't chicago run you know the the rural areas of illinois and not necessarily and that's where that's where i came into this because i am very good at looking for facts and listening and reading news and finding articles and discovering things. Uh, in which case I use a actual report that was the only report that was ever done by the Paul Simon Institute that come derived out of Southern Illinois university of Carbondale. Yep. And it's actually, you know, right here in my possession that I keep next to me all the time. And it's basically a policy for the, from the legislative research unit, it's called the Politics of Political Public Budgeting in Illinois, and it breaks down from the legislative research unit of 2013 the actual expense and revenue generated from each county. And what they done is they uh, kind of put a spin to it, to where the the, the lowest denominating revenue generating uh, counties, which would actually be sucking money off the rest of the state. And there was like nine of them, and they called them the Southern Illinois region. And then they compared it to the most, you know, revenue generating area, which would be the Chicago region. And that's how the media spun it. Like 
the whole state of Illinois was represented by these nine particular counties. But if you actually take that report and add all 101 counties together and comes up with a different number entirely, yeah. which almost out to the expenditure revenue value of a one-to-one -one ratio between Cook County and the rest of the state, which in turn comes down to a bottom line factor that we can live without the, the revenue generation of Cook County and survive a lot better without their mandates and restrictions that are imposed upon the rest of the state. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. I, I read that Paul Simon Institute report. Like you said, they cherry pick the data on on which counties they wanted to include, uh, which is not what your goal is. Your goal is to do all the all of the counties, but also it doesn't factor in things like opportunity costs that are lost from a result of of bad policy and restrictions and 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 taxes and mandates and 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 you know licensing requirements and 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 all sorts of other you know revenue generating schemes for Cook County. It doesn't factor in the, that a lot of things that primarily benefit Cook County are 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 written as a statewide benefit and things like that. It, it was a it, that that was. They drew a conclusion and then created a report to back up their conclusion. And, and it's and, a very and, biased conclusion, too, in the sense yeah. of the way the report written. You have to actually look at it, and they actually have a fine print note on this factor of a 30% ratio of difference, not including state and ran facilities such right. as public schools, libraries, hospitals, jails. Cook County generates more criminals than anywhere in the state, but does not host one state prison inside the county. It's illegal. Right. So, a, so, so that's seen as a benefit to that, to that county. Exactly. Right. Yeah. But yeah. if you take the same report that you read and you add up all 101 counties and do their percentage ratios and you take 30%, you'll actually, after you add them all together, it comes up 1.1 to 0.9 saying that the rest of the state basically takes 0.1 from Cook and, you know, and steals it from them. That's the way it looks if you stop right there. Right. But you that 30 percent ratio difference including those state-run facilities cook's not going to get any better from one county on these 30 percent ratio it's only going to fa uh, you know favor the rest of the state that 30 percent so our 1.1 is going to go down to more of a 0 0.85 0 0.9 bringing them up to the ones that's actually bleeding from the rest of the state taking yeah. into consideration idot idot is a state-run facility the roads, the cost of maintenance. There you got so much expenditures in the state run funding that sticks around has never left that particular county, yet the entire state pays for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no, like, I read that enough of that report to go, okay, first of all, you're not even beginning to factor in opportunity costs. And second of all, there is no way to properly. Uh, 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 attribute to each county what benefit they're getting dollar for dollar. And there's no way that you're, I mean, I, I was in Illinois long enough to see how many roads and how much infrastructure there is just in Chicago and in Cook County compared to literally the entire rest of the state. So I, I, I honestly, I was going to bring up that report. I'm glad we already got it out of the way. Cause it, I mean, it's, it was as close to garbage as it gets, uh, honestly. Well, you can't even address this issue without bringing up that report because any if you were to Google search, if you got a good Google search that actually gave you the stuff you were looking for, yeah, uh, you would find that only that report is referenced in any article. But you're not going to find that report. You're going to find articles about that report. Yeah. And you're only going to get referred to by those nine counties where it's going to show a dollar eighty-seven to a point nine. Yeah, they left almost eighty counties. Come on, man! If we're going to do some math, we got to do it all. 
Right, right. Well, that wouldn't be the, that that wasn't the headline they wanted, right? They didn't want the headline that well, uh, the county uh, only benefits you know ten percent, or that doesn't sound as good as saying, oh, you know, it's a three to one difference. It, it was that I was not a fan of that report. So, in a nutshell, Paul, why is there a movement for a growing movement for, I guess, the entire rest of Illinois? to secede from Chicago in the first place. What makes Chicago politics so ruinous for the rest of the state? Well, the, the worst part of it uh, is the representation. The worst part of it, and you're going to, and it'd be right there in article four, section three, uh, article, yeah, article four, article three, section four, and it is a representation of a Republican government. We are not getting that because 40% of the assemblies comes from the population of Cook County. They read, They can make any law that they want and just nudge a couple of anybody representatives anywhere else in the state to lean their way and dictate the entire rural district to a Chicago law. Right. That's the problem. It's, it's a blanket law whenever a representative tries to help a Chicago representative out, but it blankets the rest of us and inhibits our freedoms and our liberties that are in a completely geographically different location. Our temperature are even different. You know, I mean, we're completely different zones. So wherever you have, you know, 40% of your assemblies has never even left that city zone, has never seen anything but a Chicago skyline and never smelt a cow or a hog. Right. Going to try to dictate our laws down here for us when we have absolutely none of the problems that they do. It becomes a, a problem of representation, which leads you to the Constitution, where we are not adequately represented in our general district. Well, you know, it's interesting. I was there for uh, uh, in Illinois for I think four days, three or four days, um, early on in 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 the campaign, and uh, I, it was Brian Lambrecht who who scheduled a whole bunch of stuff for me up up there. And uh, shout out to Brian Lambrecht. Um, I was in Illinois. And uh, I was in Springfield, uh, Peoria. Um, oh, man, he's going to be mad that I don't remember the names. But I was basically from the south all the way working my way back up to uh, where we were actually staying, which was just outside of Chicago. And then we did an event uh, for Fox Valley LP. So I guess that's just north of Chicago. So I got a fairly good, you know, uh, cross section of Illinois, not not every single part of it, but but for, you know, a pretty decent uh, cross section of it. Springfield and Peoria and really anywhere that wasn't Chicago proper was like a completely different state. The difference between Chicago and Peoria was the difference between Miami and Peoria or New York City or Toronto and Peoria like I mean literally any other it was a completely different feel it was a completely different uh uh you know obviously the roads were different the 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 population density was different the culture was completely different and you know just the fact that they were so wildly different and then to know that because there's such a huge um uh, concentration of population in Chicago what is it? 40, 40 or fifty percent of the of the population lives yeah, in Cook County. Out of our twelve point five million people, you have you know roughly, I do believe it's five point seven million that's there. So yeah, yeah you're right. 45 percent of the population. Yeah. So, and then the rest of the state 
is similar to, I live in South Carolina. In terms of population density, it's comparable to South Carolina, a few million people in a fairly large landmass state. You know, that's just a completely different feel. And then because of that concentration in that one county, they call all the shots in uh, you know, in the state legislature, they can gerrymander as they see fits so that they have even more outsized control than their 40% shows. And, and, you know, they end up just running the show for the entire state. So, you know, it's it's very interesting that, you know, that that this is, is happening and it, and it would make sense that it would. Um, now, this has been tried before um in other states and and is being tried in other states there's new california the mm. state of jefferson um I'm trying to forget the one in uh, I'm trying to remember the one in in uh in washington state uh you know there there's there's a few of these going around so far there the last one to be successful was the movement to separate west virginia from virginia i believe and that was as a result of the Civil War tensions, one, one part wanting to remain, uh, I think it was West Virginia wanting to remain a, a free state and, uh, and Virginia wanting to uh, remain a, 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 a slave state. Now, yeah. with that said, is this realistic? You know, why try this? What, what, what is, how realistic is this to be able to do? Well, realistically, most people would call it a dream, but I don't ever consider my constitution a dream. If they wrote the law, the, I mean, in the articles for this particular reason. I mean, this has happened four other times. You, the one you said, which yep. is West Virginia, which I actually don't, excuse me, don't care to reference a lot because of the unconstitutional way that it happened with the Civil War, the political meaning behind it, the uh, incentive behind it through uh, railroads and everything else. There was there was a lot of greed that was involved in that one. Okay. The okay. other. States uh, you you would find would be Vermont that split off back in right pre civil or pre revolution was already having problems between New Hampshire and New York having a battle for territory over government or a British rural uh, privy land giving out land grants from both New York and New Hampshire for the same land they fought for a long time ended up getting their rights to their land over several you know years of bickering and thirty thousand dollars and bought the land back because it was just after the revolution everybody was broke and they was able to get their you know re- get their states uh ratified but for actually for several years they were considered in us uh, a sovereign republic outside of the united states in the 13 colonies mm-hmm. because there was a land dispute and they they got ratified through a split, what would be considered New Hampshire or New York, nobody really can tell because of the way the history shows. The other one would be uh, Maine from Massachusetts, and that was due to, again, a political event between the Tories and the Democratic Republicans at the time of the Jefferson era, who had control of the shipping lane, where the uh, Tories actually changed the laws of the shipping canals to where they had to get... Uh, inspections going state to state to state in order to okay. pass custom. And there were certain laws that if they were, if, if Maine was declared their own independent state, they would, ha- they would lose the ability to go from Massachusetts to Jersey. Oh, through, okay. and I passed custom. So it became down to a canal thing where it actually was in the bickering between the two. You had such a separation of politics, North and South of the, you know, Massachusetts line where the, Northerners seeing that the Tory, the uh, uh, Federalists 
actually, I was said Tories, I'm sorry, Federalists, were actually starting to thin out and starting to lose their hold in the political spectrum. Anyway, the Democrat Republicans were taking over. They just simply wanted to wash their hands of it, and Maine became ratified. The only one that has been the most constitutional of all was Kentucky split from Virginia because that happened actually during the Articles of Confederation and they hosted all through the constitutional meetings, the, uh, meetings, constitutional conventions, state conventions, and did it all exactly by the book, mostly because it was be the book was being written as they were. So the people that were actually writing the book that we go by today were, were using it for them separation so if there's any questions as to whether or not the constitutionality of it or the meaning or the intent we have it on paper as to how it happened to the letter so it's it's definitely realistic it can be done it has happened before it hasn't happened in i guess the modern era or or uh since the uh you know the the last time it, that it has happened at all was in the 1800s now there are i believe there are um two main ways to to go about this am i correct well i mean there there's two be there's two main ways being attempted right now okay uh, that i like to consider plan a and plan b we're act there's actually a different group and organization that i'm not involved with that i have a lot of respect and admiration for because they're going by a county by county referendum initiative oh, wow. to try and get it on the ballot and they have succeeded tremendously but that's a county referendum and doesn't apply to what we're trying to do is go by the federal constitution to get the general assembly to support a bill so what happened since that in the group that i'm in is actually working with the state representative uh, state representative brad holbrook who actually introduced a bill to the general assembly called it you know hr 101 who declared the the bill just the chance for us to have the assembly vote on whether or not for us to allow us a state constitution and split the state. Uh, what it needs is uh, majority support. It don't need two thirds support. It just needs majority support. There's, I think, seven supporters of it now, but the bill's about ready to come up past its due date and die and it's getting ready to get rewritten. So we're going to go with, you know, have to go with the new bill. And I do believe we have a member in the Senate may or may not introduce one. Not sure what's going to happen on the new one. But when I got started in this, before I was with the new organization, I was actually a buddy in mine uh, introduced me to, and we created a page called the Southern Illinois Succession Movement. And that was actually, it was at the page that we had created, created a big filing was actually in the writings of HR 101. It was introduced to the General Assembly. And that's when we got introduced to the new organization and followed along with how they were going about it. I, I listened to the way they were describing it through the constitutional process and me being a lover of the Constitution and reading the Constitution all the time. I, I found it really intriguing. I sound, it sounded really good. Now, here's the good thing about us and what we're doing is that there, you can actually look into the future and see what could happen with us because we're actually following after the plan of the new new California movement that you mentioned earlier. Because mm -hmm. the, the guy leading that is basically following we're similar pattern that we're following along in order to achieve this, which is has a very you know they have a very strong strong following over there. Almost three quarters of the California 
state and whole has committees you know, that have been formed and backing and supporting this. So they're exactly two years ahead of us. So you can see where they are and where we're, we're getting started and see what we have to go through, where they've been declaring uh, their grievances once a week on public steps of the courthouses and airing their Declaration of Independence, which we in Illinois and our group and organizations actually went to uh, Carthage, Illinois, the other day on the steps of the courthouse and declared our independence from the state of Illinois with our intent as a state split. Just basically lets the people know what our intent is, that right, we're not right. from the union, we're just separating from trying to split the state. That's interesting. So so you are, I'm sorry, what, what was the last thing you said? It, it would have been much like the, dec- the, the like Declaration of July 4th against the you know king, is basically what we do is declared our independence as a state against the governor. That's interesting. It doesn't mean anything until the war is won. <laughs> right, exactly. Legislative assembly. Right. So you're actually, there's actually two different organizations. You're trying to do it through the legislature and have them actually introduce. And that process would be what? If it gets, if it passes in the legislature, is signed by the governor, then it has to be ratified by Congress or... It does not need to be signed by the governor because it's the governor that we're going against. It only needs majority support in the House and the Senate. Oh. So point once it goes through the House and the Senate, it goes to the U.S. Congress, who would most likely at this point agree to it with, if everybody in the state of assembly is right. agreeing to it. And when they're not agreeing to it federally, then we've got a serious misrepresentation problem federally, too. Right. <laughs> so, so you actually don't need an executive to sign off on this at any point. It's it's the state legislature followed by the federal legislature that would be deciding this. Correct. Very yeah, interesting. Against the governor, he doesn't have a say in this particular matter, not according to the Constitution. The Constitution states that we need to majority approval through the assembly, not the governor or executive branch. That is very interesting. And the other, I know that you're not part of this, but just out of curiosity, the other initiative to do it by count, county by county is that if a majority of counties signed off on it or if all the counties signed it, like how, what would the process be for that, for that to result in, in a Well, it, even if 100% of the counties uh, declared uh, or, or, you know, supported this, their initiative for separation, all it is is a, a basically a resolution to support it if the assemblies um. support it. So what that is is sending a strong message to their representatives in those districts that this county, this county has voted on a ballot, on yeah. a piece of paper. They went to the polls and they voted that they want this state to separate. Never before in all the history of all the attempts of any attempt of, a, of, of Illinois have we had the modernization of technology that we have with the Internet. The word is spread beyond compare. This right. this thing is going up in in just unbelievably strong you know there's hundreds of thousands of people that are following along with this so what we need is those hundreds of thousands of people to speak to their representatives to tell them they support the initiative of state separation so that their representative can back them that's what a representative is supposed to do represent so that's actually so either way it still needs to go through the assembly so there is no end run around the assembly this other initiative is really just another way of sending a signal to the the politicians in uh uh, in in springfield that 
this is what the people want that they that they want to separate from the Chicago land area and let them be. Now, why can't so I, this was kind of a side. So you're saying New Illinois? Why wouldn't you be Illinois and they would just be Chicago? Or are you just saying because they can have Illinois? We don't want nothing to do with what they're created here. Uh, we develop a new state constitution that is corruption free. We would change the things that need to actually change. Now, don't get me wrong. Yeah. We're not going to say. 17 years and try to develop a brand new constitution. We're going to derive it based on the federal constitution and we're going to keep the majority of the state constitution, but we know where the problems are. The problems that the assembly members won't attack now or even recognize that they all know are there, but we're the only ones that can say anything about it. They are not the ones person, you know, proposing these bills to change these things. The only amendment that they had to propose changes in the state this year was amendment to put a graduated tax on the wealthy. So this, this is completely out of hand. That if we're going to have the proper representation, both north, south, east, and west, anywhere in Illinois, it needs to start with a corrupt free state constitution that doesn't allow this kind of thing. Now, what are some of those main, like, I mean, you don't have to name every single thing, but what are like two or three of the main things that you would change in, in a new Illinois constitution to try to protect against that kind of uh, corruption again? Well, uh, representation at its finest, for one, based on more of uh, a population in some areas. We, 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 I mean, there's a lot of grievances that we have, so I can't say anything definitive without getting, you know, too technical or yeah. getting grievances. And we're writing in the support of this. But at the at the same time, you know, there's, you know, ideas we've thrown out of, you know, county senates, you know, uh, senates for county. For, for the state. There's definitely not enough representation for counties, even in geographical region. There's all kinds of ideas we want to come up with, mostly ending the corruption, uh, changing the pension clause that Illinois is completely just saddled with. Uh, there, in our amendment, we're having a problem, a serious problem with pension debt that's gone up to, I think, the last report is $144 billion in debt that you just don't bounce back from. Illinois is one of the most corrupt states in the union. We're one of the largest states populist in the union, but we're like 49 in tax, you know, and how, how much we pay in taxes here. So you have a, a not a revenue generation problem in the state. When you have this much population, you have that much revenue coming in and the highest taxes, you got a spending problem. You got a corruption problem and you've got all kinds of problems that only a, a real constitution that does tax and prevents this form of you know, things from happening. So that you I mean we could go and go all the way down to campaign refinance reform. Yep. It could go all down to all sorts of initiatives that are known term limits. Even where there's a thousand things that could be done that need to be voted on by the people, and that's the thing. We're not dictating what is what we want for the people. Right. We right, want right. To tell us what they need, and we right. already know where most of the economical problems are. The social problems are still stuff to be worked on, and there's a lot of things going on. You know, coming from my standpoint, personal view of a libertarian, there's a thousand things I would love to change. But there's also the fact that we have to do it through a democratic process, too. Right. You have to have consent of the governed. Exactly. Yeah. So that that's it's very interesting. Now, speaking of the uh, assembly, uh, I'm being told that uh, once again, the the wagons are circling around uh, Speaker of the House, Mike Madigan. When I when I was there back in July, uh, there was the, uh, yeah, and you can probably tell me, uh, the power company that had just, they had just uh, um, pled guilty 
to bribing him. Uh, yeah. and, and which means that in their, in, in, in the federal case against, uh, whatever the power company is there, uh, um, uh, I want to say Con Ed, but I don't think it is, but I, I, yeah. whatever the, I think what, right. Yeah. Oh, it is Con Ed. Oh, okay. That, that against Con Ed, that it implicated Mike Madigan, the speaker of the house of, of Illinois, uh, who is also the longest sitting speaker in, uh, in American history, um, of taking bribes. His response was to say, Absolutely not. I did nothing wrong, and it seems like the wagons are circling around him. Where, where is that at right now? Can you tell me where? Uh, yeah, it's... yeah. I just I just shared a headline, and I can't tell you for sure how much detail is it, but it sounds like they're they're suspending investigation, yeah. <laughs> and that's very weird. <laughs> yeah, I it's it is a uh, it is pretty a, a perfect example of I guess the Chicago way of politics is that you have a man who is in office. He's been in office for, I believe, longer than I've been alive. This guy is a criminal gangster from the mob days. He doesn't have an email account. He doesn't own a cell phone. He allows no paper trail and is referred to as him or himself. He is literally controlling. And these ain't things I'm making up. These are actual testimonies from people in the Democratic Party who've got sick of his power. You know, he is a supreme being of anything in Illinois and he actually controls everything to do about talk about a conflict of interest. He has the biggest tax attorney firm in the, in the state of Illinois, but he writes the tax laws. (laughs) That's a protection racket. Right, right. So talk about a conflict of interest. So if you don't play ball in the cook County or his district area, boy, you're really going to be paying out the wazoo. You know, but if you do play ball, you're going to get the greatest services in the world. I mean, right. there, there's a there's a kid up here that ran named David Krupa who tried to run in his district, and he actually had strong arm people come follow him after he got a petition signature, forcing people to sign another petition that they withdrew their signature from his petition. Wow! It, it, he actually went to court and lost it at the level. The judge actually ruled it legal for that to happen. I, what <laughs> the corrupt it's yeah. it, it, it's and this is chicago way uh, politics like it is mm-hmm. out in the open like they're not even coy about it it's just how it is and they own the courts and they own every branch of power every lever of power and government in, in the in the state uh especially yeah. and they can just do whatever they want yeah and seeing the look on your face now now imagine that look on 7.5 million people outside the Cook County region that are being affected by that very thing that you just right. heard. Exactly. So this situation where we are not being formally represented by a Republican form of government, as described in the Constitution. We, as a people, have to use that Constitution as a tool. It was given to us to fight for our freedoms and our liberties. If we deny it or look past it or try to look for some other route other than the very freedoms that that thing promises us, then we are just we are just tearing it apart and throwing it in the, in the wastebasket and using it for toilet paper. Right, exactly. If it's you know we're we're told all the time you know we're a nation of laws we have to follow the law. Well, if the Constitution says this is how it works, then it has to be done that way, or else they're not the ones following the law. So you know it's it's incredible I, that go ahead. People tell me I'm dreaming, but I'm telling you right now I am dreaming. But this ain't my dream; it's the American dream. I didn't create it; I just try to follow it through. I'm not. This ain't new. This ain't my creation. This is what was derived for us. 
Yeah, no, exactly. It's, it's, you, people saying, oh, you're dreaming is typically, I get told the same thing in the Libertarian Party. You know, I say that I want to grow, work to grow the Libertarian Party into the dominant political movement in this country. And they go, oh, that's a pipe dream. And I go, well, you know, that, sure, okay. But it was also a pipe dream when, uh, you know, the people that founded the Republican Party said that they were going to unseat the uh, the Whigs and the, and the uh, what was it, the Democrats at the time. Uh, and, and when the, you know, the, the different parties that were challenging the Federalist control of, of government, you know, every... Every movement and, and the, the revolution itself, uh, you know, it, it was a, you know, was a dream, was was a, uh, you know, people with very, very high ideals uh, who ended up succeeding largely in what they wanted. So, you know, to say that you're dreaming, OK, great, you're dreaming, but that doesn't mean it can't happen. There's even a legal framework by which you're, you're operating to, to do it. That we, and it's good to demystify the fact that this can happen. It's happened before. Uh, it's perfectly legal and constitutional. It's just a matter of getting the message out to people so that they know how bad they already know how bad things are in Chicago, but let them know just exactly how bad it is and that it doesn't have to be this way, that they can they can and, work and to secede. Universal thing. This ain't biased towards anybody. We're not trying to, you know, suck in any one party or make it towards any one sided thing here. This is a thing that even if a Democrat, a libertarian, a Republican, a Green Party, anybody who felt that the state is not being represented properly and that in they, that Cook County is, in fact, uh, suppressing us from having the freedoms and liberties that we desire, desire in order to grow economically. Take, for instance, the, the regulations and restrictions from growth of factories that are inflicted upon the entire state because of the you know pollution concerns of Cook County. Yep. So that entire rest of the state, whereas our ability to good you know, give good producing jobs to the people down here. We have the land, we have the, the territories to make this kind of a thriving, wonderful place down here, but they won't let us because of their problem. Yep. So it, it, it's, a, it's a terrible scene. We, we got to follow through with it. Yeah, no, it's, it's very good stuff. And I personally am a big fan of the idea of breaking up some of these states that really, I mean, they are geopolitical boundaries that were drawn for, you know, reasons that made sense, or maybe even didn't even make sense then. But if they did make sense, it was decades or even centuries ago by people that have been dead for many, many generations. And to say that everyone has to remain under these artificial barriers that have been drawn as which are not serving uh, the best interests of, of the majority of people in that state is is foolish there there's no reason for it and and this isn't and, and also to make clear you're not proposing a civil war like you said you're not proposing oh. uh, seceding from the union or creating a new country you're just proposing creating a 51st state by removing you know however many of the counties want to leave from cook county and whatever counties want to stay with cook county correct. which is a perfectly correct. peaceful and legal thing correct exactly yeah there there is absolutely no uh, disassociation from the federal government whatsoever uh, we we love our federal government. We love our federal constitution, and we want to go back to that starting point to work our way up and find the bugs along the way. This came from eighteen eighteen, and how it's kind of turned into what it is. It, it, it's not a reinventing the wheel; it's fixing the spokes that are already in it. Yep, absolutely, and, and removing yourself from the problem that's continuing to make it worse, so that you can actually fix it in good faith and not have have someone go in and, and, and ruin the thing. No, I, I think it's a good thing that you're doing it. I have to ask you because you're on here. You you were a candidate uh, in the past. You've worked on campaigns. 
you were the uh, state field operations director. Um, you've gotten, you've earned awards uh, from the state libertarian party for recognition of your work. You clearly understand Illinois politics very well. Are you considering running for governor of Illinois, or or are are you waiting until there's a new Illinois and then running for governor of that? What's your, what are your plans here? No, no, no. Governor is a. Uh takes too much heats to two top dogs when a real work is done in the assemblies and down in the floors that's where the yelling needs to take place that's where the fight needs to be and if you're going to have a fight that's even going to get on the good governor don't see anything the assembly don't see to him so if you want power that's where it's at power in the people and if people need power they're going to have to have a representative that speaks for their voice and that's me i'm the guy that's going to go in there for you okay so are you planning on running for uh the state house or state senate yeah, I'll run for the state house again in 2022. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. So, well, that's really good. And, uh, and it's, you know, I, I guess for those who aren't, because I know a lot of people, I mean, we have a lot of listeners that are in Illinois and in Chicago and, and understand the, the situation here. Most of my viewers are not. If you had to give a single example of just how terrible the political structure is in Chicago relative to how it hurts the rest of the state. What is that one, that one story that you would tell people to say, look, this is how bad it is. Al Capone got elected to the top spot. <laughs> That'd be the best reference I can give you. We were being that's, run by the mob. That's fair. That's a, that's a good one. That's a good point. Yeah, no, I mean, Mike, I, I, I when I was in Illinois, you know, you know how Brian is. Brian's like, you got to read this. You got to find out about this before you go on this interview because they're going to ask you this. And they didn't ask me any of that. And I love Brian. But so he had me reading about Mike Madigan and I'm reading it and I'm going, holy crap, this guy's a gangster. Like this is a straight up gangster who went into office and he's still a gangster. He's just now the Speaker of the House. And he has been for like since like the early 80s or late 70s or something like that. He's not going anywhere. And, uh, you know, he doesn't even have to, 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 to run because if anyone runs against him, he, he muscles them out and uh, he's robbing everyone. And he's, a, you know, he's a huge thief and he's getting bribed left and right. Uh, the are. feds seem to be wanting to close in on him and they just there's always some reason they're not able to get him. He's the Teflon yeah, Don. We, it's pretty. We're very we're very much in high spirits around here because right now as a sitting, he does not have enough votes to remain speaker of the House. And I am personally involved in a movement to help petition some of our representatives to uh, declare publicly that they will not be voting for Madigan speaker or speaker Madigan again. Uh, so that we can make sure that he does not regain that seat. If that happens, it'll be the beginning beginning of the end for him. Because I think so much of what allows him to get away with stuff is the just the sheer amount of power he has. If he doesn't have it anymore, it starts to yeah. unravel pretty quickly. The, the fear there is always, though, are you replacing the demon with the devil? You know that are, he's it's yeah. that power still is st- retained in that seat, and that's a problem too. Yes. So it's. Mm, you know, wow. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, right? It's not that there are these uniquely terrible people and we just have to replace them with good people. It's the system that's in place that, A, attracts people like that, 
and B makes people have the ability to be that corrupt in the first place. So it's it it is trying to get rid of him, but it's not just he's not the problem. He is a symptom or he is a problem, but he's a symptom of a greater problem, which is the system that's in place, which is the whole reason why you're, you know, you're wanting to secede in the first place. It's not as though if Madigan's gone and Pritzker are gone, you'll say, "Oh, okay, well then we can all stay together now." It's the it's the system that created that in the first place. So oh, yeah, never-ending problem like you said it's been attempted in illinois quite a few times but the problem of it is is like i just said a minute ago the technology and the media and the ability to travel the word is was nowhere near the, uh, there were you know there was a very first one of the first that i remember uh starts to the secession move or separation movement from illinois would have been a, a little thing if people want to google up this uh, uh state of forgotonia and it happened in uh western illinois where a couple of counties actually declared their independence and was going to form their own state and it turned into it was started out as kind of a joke but the actual caught on and the uh county commissioners actually ratified it to constitute to their you know thing that they would create a resolution that they would separate and that's how that whole thing started right and and we we that's where reading that, you know, jokingly with me and my buddy, we kind of got in and got on that, and that's where it derived from. But it, again, with the Illinois separation movement, the movement that's society, you know, the second, the other movement that's going on besides the one I have, yeah, there, the population and popularity that have we they have following them, working with them, and is supporting them, it's unbelievable. It's I, I give kudos to those guys. They're working their tails off. And and what I see is what I'm doing, and what I see is what they're doing. We're trying two different paths here. We've got a plan A and a plan B. I don't dismiss either one of them. I want them both to win. Yeah, no, and they work. They both work together perfectly. Part of Perfect. building, uh, uh, building the, the the movement for getting this done in the uh, in the in the assembly, which is where it needs to happen, is to show popular support. Well, part of getting that popular support is to show that there is support in the assembly. So it, it's you guys are what you're doing synergizes together perfectly. So it's good that you're both doing it. By the way, we're getting people in the comments that are asking how they can be a part of it. One person's in Lake County, and there are a few others. If someone wants to be a part and to be you know, a, a part of helping, uh, you know, this this Illinois separation movement and being part of the new Illinois movement. What is the best way for them to reach out to you and, and be a part of it? Well, the best way to do it is to go to newillinoisstate.org, and it has a basically a list of everyone. And if you sign up with them, you'll have, you'll see a list of every one of the counties that have been ratified so far in our organization. In which case, you know, you can sometimes. We've got it narrowed down to if you want to try to search for your own county, you can do new Illinois your county dot org or dot com or something. Mm-hmm. And but uh, if you go to new Illinois dot org, you'll find the list of every single county that we have ratified or you can contact us there and we will have somebody get in talk in contact with you to get you involved. We're uh, we have we've we're up to almost 22 ratified counties that have signed on to basically form. And what, what our, the thing that you got, everybody's got to understand about our organization is we're a very boring kind of one because we are doing the legislative process. What we right. do when we form committees is basically found forming new county boards, you know, like the county boards that exist today that you'd go to a county board meeting. So what we're doing is forming a new government, a reformed new Illinois government 
of county boards that are listening to the people so that when we do have a chance to actually get somewhere in the assembly and if it were to ever pass these county boards would come together as a count as at a constitutional convention of the state in order to ratify and build the new constitution and so the the importance of being involved in your local county committee is extremely important if you want to get involved and learn the process of the same things that our founders went through this is it this is the beginning stages of what could possibly be the 51st state and you could be in on the ground floor but we need the ideas we need the people we need the support we need the right. name out there don't cool. grow on its own so newillinoisstate.org and that's how they can find out how they can be a part of it and uh, and you know not just involved in the actual creating of the infrastructure as you were saying uh, of the of the the new state through the through the county uh, committees but also through activism and how you how they can be involved in helping spread the message of we don't have to be tied to uh, you know Madigan and Pritzker and 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 the Chicago land style of politics we can create our own state and and do things the right way so cool so before I first of all thank you so much for coming on this has been a fantastic uh, uh, and and fascinating discussion about this because I, I I'm really a fan of this idea of separating some of these larger states into smaller states that are more representative of the people in those various uh, you know people in those various jurisdictions um, but before I let you go um, I just want to give you I want to give you the chance to uh, say anything that you feel like didn't get a chance to be said. Plug anything that you want to plug, anything that's upcoming, a- anything you want to talk about. You have as much time to say it. Paul Durr, the floor is yours. I got really nothing to plug except for liberty and freedom. What I want to do is just try to get the people to enhance their spirits, their courage to get out, get off the computers, and get active. We can't do anything sitting here on social media arguing with each other fighting and bickering about the things that have been fought and bickered about in the past. All we're doing is just recirculating ourselves. Redundancy will get us nowhere further. We have to get out, get active, find something that we can stand behind each other with and make that our focal point. And we can all come together on that. I love it, man. Listen, at this show... Uh, the shows that I do on Mondays and Thursdays, uh, Spike Cohen's Culture of Winning, where I talk to libertarians who have been elected across the country, everything that I am doing is exactly what you just said. Encouraging libertarians and liberty-minded people to go do stuff, right? Like, go be active in your community, in the movement, in the party, in in, in uh, organizations and initiatives and movements like yours and, and others in their area. And you don't have to just limit it to your state. Do whatever you can, wherever you can, to get your name out there, to get the movement out there, to get the word out there, and to spread the message of liberty. Because uh, oh, we have a great yeah, idea, got, but we can't hide it. You know, we can't hide it in a breadbasket. Yeah, I could give you serious props on a Facebook post you made the other day about you know it was kind of a long thing, you know, the inner bike. But we have to win. Yeah, we have to get into the seats so that we can make a change. All the things that we're doing, all the things that we're trying to fight for. If we don't have support in the assembly that's going to grant us their what they grant us what they've deemed their rights, which are our rights to which are our rights, all, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're, they're selling us back our rights, which they've always done. Mm-hmm. We have to have we have to win, yep. is so that we get the support needed, so we can have the voice that actually talks to them because we're not listening to you and me right now. Getting on me going on my social media page, I guarantee you, none of the representatives care about what I just said. Right, right. So point if i'm a representative they're gonna care because i'm gonna i'm gonna call them i'm gonna knock on their doors i'm gonna come over there hey man we gotta we gotta talk you know we we, this is what's gotta happen you know we gotta get on the page you know this is what's going to happen right now 
you know, I've seen in, in Illinois, we're angry. We've had, we've hosted so many protests. We've had protests against pro, the, the ability to stop protests because of virus. This virus thing has, has gotten out of hand with the mandates and the restrictions and the regulations. We've actually sued our governor and he's lost it. The, the fact that he was overbearing his powers on executive orders. Yep. yep. This is, I'd love to see 49 other states do this, too, because of the fact that the governor, not supreme rulers of their executive orders, are not laws. They're, 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 they're recommendations. <laughs> exactly. So. Yep, absolutely, man. Well, I, I really appreciate you coming on. And like you said, we got to get out there. We got to we got to move. We got to win. We got to and not just win electorally. We have to win in the cultural level as well. We have to get our ideas out into the public conversation so that people, you know, are talking more and more the same way we're talking. They understand that our ideas are not just some dream. They are common sense solutions to the problems that we're facing. So, uh, Paul, thank you so much for coming on. Stick around. I, I want to talk with you during the outro, but thank you again for coming on. And uh, folks, uh, if you want to find out more about the uh, New Illinois Movement, be sure to go to newillinoisstate.org, and you can find out more about that there and about Paul. Uh, and uh, if you want to help Paul in his future runs, uh, Paul, Durr, Paul Durr has a, a Facebook page as well for his uh, for his yeah. previous run, and I'm sure he'll probably be using that in the future for uh, future state house runs if you want to help him with that as well. And, uh, folks, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of My Fellow Americans. I told you it would be a good one. And, uh, and I've never lied to you about that. And uh, so be sure to tune in tomorrow uh, at th- on Thursday. Uh, I will be, um, where is it? No, it's not there. Yeah. Uh, next, uh, this coming tomorrow, Thursday at 8 uh, for Spike Cohen's Culture of Winning. Uh, I, my guest will be uh, Trisha Butler, who was just elected to the uh, city council in, uh, I keep forgetting the city. I need to remember the city. Elected to city council in uh, in Tennessee one of the many cities in Tennessee. And uh, we will be talking about how she won a race and uh, talking about the blueprint for libertarians winning races up and down the uh, the ballot across the country. And uh, be sure to tune in next Wednesday, uh, a week from today, same spike time, same spike place. For another episode of My Fellow Americans, I will be interviewing Zuby, uh, who is a well-known British rapper and uh, uh, increasingly a political pundit, uh, mostly on Twitter. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to that a lot. Be sure to tune into me uh, to uh, tune into my fellow Americans. I'll be talking with Zuby. And uh, but again, thanks so much for tuning in tonight. And uh, have a great evening. I'm Spike Cohen, and you are the power. God bless, guys. Oh, happy Hanukkah. Lightning.
fine. You know what they say about an eye for an eye and a dime with a blind lead the blind. Who am I to deny? I'm a cry when a loved one dies. I recognize that body outside for the holes in the body that was alive. Now we find a chalk outline. Find out how, but you never know why. It ain't even make it to the news that night. It ain't even make it to the news that night. That's my sister, mother, father, brother, son. That's one of mine. All these tears, I close my eyes. Open up the only fine. I'm in line. 